You're listening to The Drew Marshall Show, Canada's most listened to spiritual talkback program. A little Stevie Ray Vaughan for you folks. It's flooding down in Texas. Hope that doesn't affect Janine. Janine Turner is best known for her role as Maggie O'Connell in the Emmy Award-winning CBS series Northern Exposure, for which she earned three Golden Globe nominations and an Emmy nomination. Janine has also starred in the top-rated hit Lifetime series Strong Medicine and NBC's critically claimed Friday Night Lights. She starred in numerous films, including Cliffhanger with Sylvester Stallone, Robert Altman's Dr. T and the Women, and Steel Magnolias. And Janine Turner has been awarded People's Magazine's 50 Most Beautiful and Best Dressed. Can I just, a little aside here, Kathy Lee Gifford told me uh, last year she's still very upset that she's never made that list. Very upset. She's crushed, Tim. Really? Yeah. No. But, but Janine, she's very, I know. very attractive I young know. woman, I so I would assume that that's a... U.S. Magazine's 10 Sexiest and Esquire Magazine's Women We Love. She is the, and you have to say it like that, Women We Love. She is, she is the recipient of the Women at Work Award from the National Commission on Working Women. There are so many accolades that could be attributed to this young lady. Janine Turner joins us on the Drew Marshall Show. Hello, Janine Turner. How are you? Howdy. I'm fine. How are y'all? Is it, is it flooding down in Texas? No, where's it raining? It's not raining here. No, I know, I know. I just I wanted to have that song because when I think of Texas, I think of Stevie Ray Vaughan, right? No, no. We're in the middle of a horrible drought. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, do you, do you still have a horse? Do I still have a horse? Oh, my gosh, that's such a sad subject. Uh, I live here on the ranch with my daughter, and I had my beautiful Palomino horse, Maggie, and I purchased her after Northern Exposure was picked up for 50 episodes. I was living in Seattle. I'd lived in New York and L.A. for years. I left here when I was 15, 17. First thing I purchased was a pickup truck and a horse, <laughs> and that was Maggie, and then I purchased the ranch. But Maggie, I had to put Maggie foundered, and, her, you know, her hoof was going through the, her, you know, the bone was going through her hoof wall. It was horrible. Oh, so not good. I had to bring her down about three years ago. And then my showbiz horse, Coley, who is arthritic and about, arthritic and about 30 years old, could barely stand anymore. He was trying to trip and fall. So I had to put him down. Oh, so. I'm so glad I started off the I interview with this. I that question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite has always been a Palomino. I had a nice a registered quarter, registered Palomino when I lived uh, in uh, over near... Uh, well, the foothills of the Sierra Nevada is near Fresno. Visalia, California was where I was at. Uh-huh. and uh, But it was a like, dark golden body with the blonde mane oh, and yeah, tail, you know. so pretty. Yeah. So, anyway. It's so pretty. But it's funny. Everyone thinks of Texas is, you know, we're on a horse with a cowboy hat and cowboy boots. Yeah. You know? yeah. No. Not, not you. That would, that, not all of us. That would be Barry Corbin who, uh, who dresses like that all the time. Yeah, that's so true. He and I used to wear our spurs to set because we were the two on Northern Exposure that had horses. <laughs> So he'd arrive with his wearing his spurs, and I'd arrive with my black pickup truck and my spurs. <laughs> you also worked with him in Boone, didn't you? Oh my gosh! You know, I guess I did. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, is he still I don't even remember that? Is he still ranching near Fort Worth? Oh, at this very moment, what's that? Is he still ranching near Fort Worth? I think we'll call. It, you know, we're, we're we live in the same area, but I really haven't seen him other than a People magazine shoot in, yeah. um, a couple years ago in Los Angeles. So I did just interview him for my radio show. Uh, a little bit ago, so we have been in touch. He was also in uh, Urban Cowboy, along with a friend of mine, Madeline Smith, who actually reminds me a little bit of you. Oh, cool. Eventually, we're going to talk about Kevin Bacon here, I think, but anyway. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so, uh, do you, by the way, do you still have that crazy Diane Cannon laugh? I love your your random it's outbursts of laughter. So funny. You know, I do occasionally. I think it's changed a little bit, but it's... 
it's fair if I get truly tickled, but I can't do it unless, you know, I'm genuinely, oh. yeah. Well, I'll, I'll work on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, apparently you got hurt filming the, the big the big blockbuster uh, cliffhanger. You busted your lip or something like that? Well, cliffhanger, I've been working, um, you know, series television work is really tough because it's about 18 hours a day and you go home at 2 in the morning, 4 in the morning, really, really long hours. People come and say, I want to I wanna visit the set. And at about the 8th hour, they're like, when do you go home? And I'm like, well, not about another 8. Um, so I literally left one day, uh, Northern Exposure in Seattle, and flew to Italy the next, and then I wrapped Italy, and then I flew back to Northern Exposure for another 50, so it was a while, a couple of years, but wow. Cliffhanger was cliffhanger was hard to do, because it was all these macho men, and they were mountain climbers, and stuntmen, and, and anything I did was never enough, and uh, I joke that, so that's just one was fabulous, though, but we were running through the snow, it's freezing cold, I was always cold, and we were running through the snow, and these, they, this guy up on the cliff, you know, I really didn't know what he was doing. Was, was was clicking a button and explosion, explosives were going off in our, we were supposed to go off around us, but not into our faces. Mm. And so an explosive went off and hit my face. I'm like, ow! <laughs> what was that? They're like, yeah, okay, just let's, let's just, re, you know, get back into your marks, let's do it again. So we do it again, and then one hit Sylvester, and he goes, ow! And they're like, wrap for the day! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for you it's like suck it up, princess, but not yeah. not for Sly. I had bruises and concussions. Another funny story is that when we're down there in the cave around the, where all those bats are on these stuff, we get chased by the bad guys. And the stunt guy is supposed to slap me on the face with a gun. Well, he's kinda keeps, he kind of keeps, he keeps doing it incorrectly. So the stunt leader, whatever their name is, supervisor comes up, the head guy, and goes, no, you do it like this. And he, he, he coiled up to hit me in the face with a gun, and he did hit me in the face with a gun. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's where you're supposed to call it. Rap. That's it. Rap yeah, no, but Sylvester just threw his arms around. He's like, let's just finish. Let's just finish. And then one time, I'm jumping up and down to these stalactites, you know, that are on the ceiling. I'm trying to get all out of breath because I'm kind of a method actress. And I ended up jamming my head into one of those stalactites. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm, like, bleeding. And they all, like, go, break for lunch. And they all, like, leave the set. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Oh, it's pretty miserable. Oh, man. But that's the glamorous show biz. You know, yeah. Everything's so glamorous. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. Uh, this book you released a little while back, Holding Her Head High, 12 Single Mothers Who Championed Their Children and Changed History. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard of anyone who has done that sort of a thing, looked at 12 single mothers who have rocked the world that they were living in. Have you Have you ever come across a book similar to that? No, and, and I wish it would have sold more copies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Friend, don't walk and buy it to you on my website. Uh, you know, interestingly enough, it's, it's a hard, it was a hard book to sell because um, I am an actual, absolute history buff, but a lot of people aren't, you know, and so it, it was sort of marketed incorrectly because it wasn't so much about single moms. It just was these incredible, incredible mothers who, who really were the steward of their wounds. They all went through really difficult times and hit those black holes that I've hit, and I'm sure everyone's hit, um, more than once I have. And you really have to reach for the hand of God to pull yourself out. And they all lost their husbands. Or they were either divorced or widowed or, or some situations with some, a, a slave woman, Harriet Jacobs, you know, never could marry, and all these kind of crazy things that went on. Um, but they they were real survivors. And, you know, single motherhood, uh, you know, I don't think young girls sit back and think, ah, oh, you know, when I grow up, I want to be a single mom, you know. Yeah. When I grow up, I want to raise kids and, and get a divorce. I can raise them all by myself. And, you know, life just happens like that. It, it wasn't something that I dreamt about or it wouldn't have been my choice, but I 
Are, so hold on, are you still a single mom? I, I am. Well, because I thought I saw a ring in a recent video clip on your ring finger. Well, I do wear a ring, but it's a gold ring with my daughter's birthday. Okay, so basically, it's a step off ring, back up. Yeah, whatever that means. Yeah, well, it's you know, I mean, because look, let's let's talk about the elephant in the room here. You are gorgeous. And I'm sure that you get sick and tired of guys hitting on you for various uh, reasons that aren't exactly in line with your, with your, the code that you live by. And so, wouldn't it be just easier to put a ring on? Oh, that's not really why I do it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just like the ring. Okay. Yeah, uh, and it, it's my daughter, and, and she's my gift from God, and I don't know. I just put it on every morning with it. Yeah. How? Uh, you see, I, I, I should have asked, uh, you know, your people whether I should go uh, here in this interview or not. If you don't want me to go here, then then tell me to shut up. Okay. Why? You've never been married, and right? Is that true? Yeah, I've been engaged. I, I know I you're. Engaged. Do you know who I was engaged to? Yes, I do. Okay, yeah, I've been engaged. Yeah, Mister uh, Mister uh, Liberal, Mister Mister Democrat. Know. Can you believe that? Yeah. Yeah. Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's in shock to the Republican world. I was going like, to say, what? is that what made you into such a hardline conservative when he dumped you? He didn't dump me. <laughs> that's what I read. People no, that is incorrect. <laughs> that is incorrect. He had a bit of a problem uh, that he talks about in his own life, and I won't speak about it for him. Mm-hmm. It was a bit tumultuous. Yes. And actually, if the truth be told, I looked at him and said, you know what? This is not healthy. And I don't want to repeat this, and I think it was really more like me who called it off. Okay. But it, but we're still we were friends. It was it was as friendly as it can be. But I had the dress and the invitations and everything. But you know, it was really a wise thing not to get married because, um, you know, he had some things he had to sort through in his life. But it's interesting how God works because, as it turns out, I did too. And he he had a well, it was an addiction problem. He talked about it. You sure. Know? And you and had I, your own. And I had my own. And so it was because he and I he. Did, decided to take certain steps and I was in a situation with him that I was became aware of certain programs that I could go to and get get well and and then I you know I got sober so you know I believe that these these times in life that are so incredibly hard mm. and difficult and devastating if we can just hang in there and walk through them uh, there's a reason God gives them to us and I talk about that a lot in my book actually it's, it's about uh, you know t- turning tribulations into triumphs you know really triumphing through these these choices, you know, I like to say God sees eternity in perspective. A lot of times we just see the small threads and we don't get it, yeah. but if we can just trust. And so, you know, he got he got sober. I did, and and so you know, good for I, you. And and you just celebrated twenty five years, did you not? I did. Boy, you know your stuff. Congratulations! Yeah. Congratulations! Twenty five years, well Thank done. You. It's not easy, I got to tell you. No, it's not. It's, it's not. And in this day and time when prescription drugs are like the the it thing, which I have a real problem with prescription drugs. I think they're do you know that prescription drugs are killing more people than um, heroin and cocaine addicts combined? Wow. Um, and you kind of go, oh, yeah, we should, I'd like to, you know, I don't know. It, it's uh, the stresses of life. But, but, look, because I don't pick up and drink, I get to, I have a closer walk with God. My daughter and I on the way to school from the ranch, it's like an hour and 20 minutes to take her to school. It's in the dark. But we read uh, Daily Devotion, and we listen to, uh, a, a, I'm not Catholic, but it's a Monsignor Fisher um, Don Fisher, he's fabulous, and he has these podcasts, and we listen to him every morning. So, you know, I wouldn't be seeking that if I could self-medicate with drugs and alcohol. So, in a way, it's a gift. Okay, hold on. we got to get back to you and being single. Can we just yes. bring, can we bring it around, please? Okay. 
Did you or did you not? The three names I want to throw out. Did you date these guys? It's funny. Oh, no, wait. I thought this was like the number one Christian radio show in Canada. What, Christians don't date? Yeah, but okay, go ahead. Mikhail Brishkov. Br- I can't even say his name. That guy. Did you date him? Yeah. Sylvester Stallone. Uh, well. Ish? Friend. Ish? Friend-ish. Okay. Troy Aikman. Troy is. Is there anybody else you want to put on that list? No, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Gary Sinise. I thought that, you know, you and he, that'd be a great combination. But I think he's, he's married. married. Yeah, I know. Had, you know, had you stayed living in, in La La Land, you'd probably be part of that secret conservative club that John Ratzenberger keeps telling me about. Well, you know, that's the whole point. I may be a part of it, and you just don't know because it's secret. Oh, I tried to flesh that out of you. See how, yeah. see how that works? Well, you know, here's the deal. Gary Sinise is a great guy, and he's done wonderful things to, to, to build a cohesive unit out there. Um, but the sad thing about it is that they don't, they don't, they don't feel they can speak out. And, um, and I know why they don't, because I've lost a lot of work because of it. And uh, it's, it's wrong, and it's, it's not indicative of our Constitution or the First Amendment rights, and it's, it's, it's a hypocritical. Mm. And it's like they can live liberty at large, and they can, but they have a kind of a blind spot of intolerance for anybody else who thinks differently than them. And it's really, really wrong. Uh, but, but, but they're afraid to step out. And I, so I just have decided that I'm going to step out, and I have stepped out, and, and I'm very vocal now on my radio show. And, very vocal. And through my Constitution in America, which is nonpartisan, because, I, because George Washington, you know, in his farewell address, talked about the fact that, that the party system would kill our country because we'd be, killed, we'd be more concerned about the party than the country, and so I really, really believe that reason is very important in our country, and the Constitution is not partisan at all. Um, but, you know, I, I think that uh, we need to have reason in this country, essentially, and uh, when, when you deny someone to speak their political beliefs in Hollywood, you might lose a job. That's not reasonable. On the phone with Janine Turner, who many would say is a bright, fresh, young face. See how I said that? Pretty good, huh? Bright, fresh, young face on the uh, uh, conservative talk show circuit. Uh, There's there's a scuttlebutt going on about you. I mean, you've been on O'Reilly a few times. I think he likes you. I was just on yesterday. Thank you very much. Yeah, I was on on a week before, and I think it looks like I'm going to be on the show even more, so it's kind of cool. I Am Second is how I found out uh, about your story and I want to talk just a little bit about your story. By the way, man, I'm loving what those guys are doing. The guy behind Interstate Batteries is funding this deal. I am second.com. Fantastic material. I loved your bit on there. Tell me about your 10,000 no's. Okay. Before I say that, because you brought up all these, this, my dating life and whatnot. Oh, you want to go? I, see, I was well, trying I just, to go I, away from it. Yeah, I I know, no, no, and I, we will, but I just want to state that I believe in the traditional family, and that is what I believe God intends, that a lot of times... It doesn't work out, and sometimes it, it's it's really what God wants because it's not best. It's sometimes not a real healthy situation. And so, my daughter's father, uh, I love dearly and loved him, but it just was not a healthy situation. And so, my daughter and I are on our own, and we have God looking after right. us. But are you still in touch with uh, Juliet's uh, father? Not really. Okay. Every now and then. Okay. It's weird. All right. Okay. So having said that, ten thousand no's. Um, <laughs> you know. Yes. Well, I am second. It was great to be a part of that. I have to tell you, when I when I uh, filmed that, you go into this little room, and it's all dark, and there's this like, little halo white light over you, and it was so... The devil really tried to take over, because I bent over for a second, and I saw, like, stars, and I couldn't get migraines. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to migraine. I'm not going to be able to do this thing. I sat down to film it, and I was so moved by the spirit, you know, I guess, is, is what you... I, started, I just couldn't quit crying. I thought, oh, I'm going to come off like Tammy Lee. What's her name? <laughs> Tammy Faye. Yeah, Tammy Faye Baker. 
Uh, because uh, that was, it was so hard. To get you you probably don't have enough hairspray to ever pull off a tanning Yeah, that's true. But I do like mascara. Oh, wow. Yeah. Can I just say, by the way, this is the, I love chasing rabbits and being incredibly ADD in conversation, so thanks yeah. for rolling with me on this. Cool. Best t-shirt I've ever seen. Had a massive face print makeup smudge on the front. Eyelashes, rouge, lipstick, uh-huh. just boom, right on the front. And on the back it said, I ran into Tammy Faye at the mall. That's hilarious. Pretty good, well, huh? Yeah. I thought that was going to be me. No. But it was very moving and... Um... 10,000 no's. 10,000 no's. Well, you know, okay, I started modeling at the age of three in Dallas, uh, but the big no situation started when I was uh, discovered by Wilhelmina Cooper, who had the, uh, one of the top three modeling agencies in New York at age 15, and I moved to New York City, and um, there you go. I started my journey of supposed, supposed glamorous showbiz, and you have about four auditions a day walking around in 1970s, this was, bad areas of town and horrible elevators, and you wanted to live, and... You go up and down and up and down, and, and you walk in, and they look at your book, which back then is what they did, you know, their photos, and they, mm. they go, no, 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 no. Oh, and they look at you, sometimes they look at me and say, what a shame. I'm like, what does that mean? You know, it was just the most condescending, horrible experience. And I moved back to Texas for a year, and I moved out to Hollywood when I was 17 because I started on Dallas, and the producers thought I should move to Dallas. And, you know, I did hear yeses, obviously, because I worked, but the majority of the time I heard no's. And if you add up, you know, four... Mm auditions a day over the course of 12 years before I, you know, Northern Exposure, and I still hear no's, you know what I mean, but before my big break, it, it, that's just a lot of no's, and uh, it, it's taught me how to persevere, and that, that God gives us a flame, and he gives us a calling, and he gives us many callings sometimes, but there's a flame there, and the world will try to put it out, and other people will try to pull it out, you know, put out your flame, and I remember I was on my knees, devastated, I'd been in the business forever, and I was trying to get a new agent, I was like 20 six years old, and I started this and that, but I was kind of rock bottom, and I had $8 left in my name, and um, I called this agent, and uh, I said, well, you know, will you represent me? And I, I had agents since I was 15, you know. He goes, no. I'm oh. like, oh, my God, can I send you more tape or something? And he said, it wouldn't help. Wow. And I'm like, whoa. And I've even had people say things to that to me in, in that regard for other aspects, you know, in the past five, six years. And I got on my knees, and I was just sobbing, and God spoke to me, because I believe that when I listen, he does, and he said, don't let anybody put out your flame. Wow. And it was shortly after that, uh, even though I kind of did delve into a depression and could barely walk out of bed to show up for that Northern Exposure audition. When I showed up for that Northern Exposure audition, I, I don't know if I said this in I'm saying or not, the woman looked at me, and she said, I don't know what these producers are doing. We saw all New York's best talent last week. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so, for the first time I looked in this room, I've been walking into rooms, Marlon, since I was three. I said, I, said I, I can't walk in this room. I cannot do another audition. And my sister-in-law was with me, and she walked in and with me, and then I ended up getting apart. But we were praying in the halls of CBS. I mean, it was a long journey, but, you know, it's it's not like it's continuing to persevere. I mean, everyone has hard times, up and, up and down, and just believing that God sees eternity in perspective. I mean, that, you think back on the, those days, I mean, that was a tough tough year i mean you hitting bottom 26 27 years old all the ten thousand no's and uh eight dollars a whole thing i mean let alone getting stuck in six elevators in the span of one year oh no, yeah more than that i think i've been stuck in about 15 elevators that's crazy it is I, yeah, it is. How how would you describe, this is kind of a uh, sort of a weird uh, interview question but roll with me on this how would you describe janine lorraine gaunt mm-hmm. g uh, janine turner hollywood and Janine Turner, Mockingbird Hill. 
One 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 word for those three seasons. One word for each season. Okay, for the for the young girl for the for the actress, the young girl in the in the branches. That you said. Yeah, I mean, when you're a young girl, you know, uh, before the, the me, yeah, 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 me. yeah. Uh, and then the Hollywood, and then uh, Mockingbird. Okay, Mockingbird. One Hill. word. Yeah, one word. That's, you know, I know it's hard. It's every uh, guest nightmare when uh, uh, believer in God. There are three words. Believer. But do you what see? Do you, do you see those as three distinct, separate seasons? Where what? Oh, three distinct. Seasons. Well, look, I, I had some hardships as a child, and when I look back at, at, at uh, what some of the things I went through as a kid, I, I know that I was blessed by God, and that God carried me through a lot of those times, and that I could kind of come out of it normal. Yeah, because you were baptized when you were just a little, right? Well, I was baptized in the Episcopalian, and I was baptized again in the Baptist Church at age fourteen. Okay. Um, at Saginaw Baptist, where the grain mills are in Fort Worth. <laughs> Um, and, uh, but I, I really believe that God has sort of been with me all along. And then, um, as a Hollywood, I definitely had to have faith to get through all that. And then as a, as a rancher and just a Texan and a mom, I mean, I think my faith is a big part of life. I mean, I would, I could say other things like determined or gutsy or, you know, yeah. I don't know, but I, I think God is first and foremost in my life that I would have, I had to find a way to kind of. Thinking back, or sort of doing a little uh, uh, retrospective thing here. Worst job you ever had between 15 and 27? Worst job. Worst job. Well, you know, I was <laughs> I was engaged to Alec, right? Yes. In that thing, you have to remember, Northern Exposure, that was one of the first really strong female characters in television. The only other comparable was kind of the working woman, Mary Tyler Moore, you know, but she didn't shoot her own deer and fix her own toilet, fly her own airplane. I mean, yeah. You were Palin before Palin. That's it. That's it. And, um, or I was Palin before we knew Palin. There we go. But um, the, it was a hard world for, for, for women, especially back then. And I would watch Alec, you know, the He-Man, go out there and get all these great jobs. And for me, it was, you know, I had to go in in a bathing suit and do a 360, you know, while a man sat there and smoked a cigar. It was very humiliating, and I, I think that, um, you know, I, I would think that one of the the worst experiences would just be uh, just the humiliation of the audition process uh, and, and how that, you know, they never, ever, they don't look at you beyond anything but just as a piece of meat, you know, a pretty yeah. girl, yeah. and, uh, you know, they don't really see you as a person or as an actress or as a thinker or a, a patriot, you know, nothing other than, than just what it is, and I think that was probably the hardest part. Friday Night Lights, Law and Order, SVU, uh, Walker, Texas Ranger, Quantum Leap, Knight Rider, The A-Team, Happy Days, General Hospital, The Love Boat, Dallas, never mind being the love interest of Ward Cleaver as well as Sly Stallone. (laughs) What? I mean, just incredible journey. And, of course, you know, we haven't even talked about it. Uh, Northern Exposure received, uh, I think I read this somewhere, a total of 57 award nominations during its five-year run and won 27, including the 1992 Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Drama Series, two additional Primetime Emmy Awards for Creative Arts uh, Emmy Awards, and two Golden Globes. I mean, really, not bad for an eight-episode summer replacement series. I know, and I think it's because we were an eight-episode summer replacement series that we could kind of slide in under the radar and be different. Hmm. I think that if it had been a, a fall season launch, they would have been all over the producers to not be so creative and to, and to curb their risk-taking. I mean, the show was quoted, they quoted Freud and Young and Shakespeare, and, and you had all kinds of, you know, moves walking down the street. And yeah, it's a crazy, crazy show that I'm sure would, would not have been as creative. It would have been stifled if it had been under normal circumstances. You know, uh, you know who else was in Walker, Texas Ranger in the A-Team? Who? Barry Corbin. 
I know. Y'all like Barry, don't you? I do, too. <laughs> have <laughs> you been on your show? No. I don't know. Does he God guy? Does he have a God story? I mean, he's in Texas, so you guys yeah, are all God's chosen know. people. So, I know yeah. when I had him on my show, he didn't really want to talk politics. Oh. Typical Hollywood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, let's, let's uh, finish on an awkward note. Okay. We started on an awkward note. Let's talk about dead horses, you know. So let's finish on an awkward <laughs> note. Um, next year, you hit a milestone. Mm-hmm. 2012. Says, oh, I'll be 50? Yeah. Oh, you said it. I'm so glad you said yeah. it. I didn't uh, have uh, to yeah, say it. Yeah, I'll be 49 this year, 50 next year. Yeah. yeah. Is, that, is that a head spin for you? Is it a head spin? Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, it's interesting that you would say that because um, I'm kind of discovering a whole new meaning of midlife crisis. Um, because is I, that why I you went blonde? blonde? Blonde. Blonde is my midlife renewal, I call it. Okay. I like blonde. I like my blonde hair. It's midlife renewal. I'm not going to do a facelift. I'm not going to do Botox. I'm not going to do any of those things. I don't believe in plastic surgery, but I, I do go blonde. Um, I like blonde. Can I, can I just say I applaud the blonde? Oh, you like it? Oh, my goodness. Oh, good. Yeah. Thank you. However, I, however I don't know if it helps... The uh, the uh, conservative radio, you know, be- doing, you know, well, actually, it might be a good thing because the 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 liberal radio or media people out there would, you know, they'll they'll maybe uh, see you as a, a, a and they won't take you seriously, right? And then all of a sudden, you get in there and you actually know what you're talking about instead of being a ditzy blonde. That's great. What a setup. Well, I, well, not only ditzy blonde, but just a ditzy actress. I mean, they don't think any if that. Okay, that and that that leads me to my answer to to your question. Yes. I've been sort of going through a, a career change because, I, you know, I love acting. If a part comes here and there, that's fine. But I really am kind of tired of it. Um, I don't want to be anybody's mouthpiece anymore. I'm really concerned about America and, and uh, the future of our country. And, and I have a lot of opinions, and I love politics, and I love my country. And so I really, really am absolutely uh, enjoying the heck out of radio and um, doing what I'm doing. But it's been a spanning in, in, in kind of building the respect. So I've kind of gone through a whole new career change. It's been really sort of a five-year arc for me, um, and that's been a little bit tough. And I think it's finally now I'm on the other side of it. And ironically enough, I hit another bottom about mm, two weeks ago where, you know, I'm branching into radio, but it's still kind of you know, hit and miss, a little bit touch and go, and, you know, providing for my daughter and all these things. Sure. It's all, all, all on me. And I was like, forget it. I'm just not going to do it anymore. And, you know, the vet didn't warm the cows. At least until a couple of days where everything kind of, you know, falls apart. And I had a meltdown on the vet. You didn't warm the cows. <laughs> I and, hate when that happens. Yeah. I, I hadn't worked them in two and a half years. But I don't warm them. Anyway. So I just pack up the car, and I go in the parking lot of Lowe's. of Lowe's parking lot near my little office. And uh, I, I put the seat back, and I just start to sob and cry. Like, what am I doing with my life? Is this ever going to pay off? Um, you know, what's going on, and um, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to pursue it. By. Maybe I've made the wrong decision. It's kind of a very similar place where I was when I was had $8 left in New York City. And then I got a phone call, and it, it gave me such hope. And it's, if it, if it, 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 it's like almost on the cusp of almost being the deal, almost being done, so I can't quite talk about it yet. But this fabulous phone call came along, and I was, I was stunned. And I opened up my rear, my you know my little I have a little tiny little GMC car and I opened up the little skylight thing and I looked up to God. <laughs> I was like, wow, you know, it's like this phone call came to me in the middle of my despair, and that is just a, I reached my hands up to God and I was just like, oh my gosh, I felt so close to God at that moment. And uh, so you know, fifty is interesting. Fifty is interesting because you go. I'm going through you know kind of a career change, but I love it and and finally I think I'm the other I'm on the good side of it, you know, the tide is turning and 
Um, I think I had to hit a hole through it. But you watch your parents get really old. Yeah. My dad's been real sick. I mean, there, there's a lot to midlife. But look, I'm also very excited about it because I think that that it's. Uh, I decided to make a career change that sort of behooves aging. Hmm. And um, I really, I'm really very pleased. I'm very. I'm, I'm probably a lot happier now doing what I'm doing than I was when I was. In my twenties, and Good. you know, doing Hollywood. Good. Well, speaking of behooves, what do you got? Three hundred head now, Longhorns? No, I only have uh, twenty-five. Okay. Twenty-five. What was yeah. the, what's the most? What's the most? You... And revolution and liberty. And, most you know. you, most you've ever had? Oh, I think at one point I had probably forty. You know. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Do I disappoint you that I haven't had three hundred? <laughs> it sounded like that, didn't it? It was like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, oh, man, you're going to have Now, one of them is like a little dog. You call him, you go, come on over, Tiger Bud. <laughs> and he walks over to the car. He's got oh, horns bigger than the car. That's His whole funny. head wouldn't be able to fit in. That's like one of the big bulls in the uh, rodeo circuit uh, up here back in the day when I used to rodeo. There was a bull called uh, Top Rail and just a big, big, big uh, Brahma. Big. Uh-huh. Uh, went to the top rail, right of the uh, of the chute. But oh. uh, he was so big, they'd have to lead. He wouldn't he wouldn't run through the the chutes. He'd have to you'd have to take him out in the arena, open the gate, and put him in the the bucking chute that way. Right. But he was a little little uh, toy for everybody. I mean, you just lead him along. Here you go. And then no. you know you put the was flank. He a long one? Uh, no, 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 no. He's a Brema. Brema. You said that. Yeah. You said that. Hey, but listen, people can go to my website keenturn dot com and check out my radio show. I, you're taking my job. Do you mind? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been chatting with Janine Turner, actress, radio host, and author. You can go to her website, JanineTurner.com, and find out everything about her, including her book that you need to buy. And uh, you can also check out her video on IamSecond.com. She does a great, great job. Uh, Janine, I like you. Thank you very much for sharing some of your guts. Oh, thank you. You're terrific. Really a lot of fun, and I enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you. Uh, Maybe we'll talk again in the future. That sounds fun. You can be on my show. All right. Deal? Deal. (laughs) <laughs> you didn't talk about it. No, because you know what? I know jack about politics, let alone American politics. I just... No, we can talk about God. Okay, I can do that. Okay, I can talk good. about my crisis of faith. How's that? Okay, good. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Janine. Right. See ya. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Janine Turner on the Drew Marshall Show. Fun girl. Did you enjoy that, Tim? She even sounds gorgeous. <laughs> Is it wrong? Are we allowed to appreciate God's creation? Is that wrong? I'm going to. <laughs> You're listening to the Drew Marshall Show on Joy 1250. Hey, folks, I want to tell you about the Drew Marshall Show 1250 special. You ready for this? For twelve fifty, that's right, only twelve dollars and fifty cents, we'll mention your organization's name, website, and a brief description. Did you catch that? During each show, we'll read out your organization's name, website, and a brief description for only twelve dollars and fifty cents. Now obviously there's no point in doing that only once during a four hour show, so we'll read your advertisement four times per show for an entire month, and each time we do it, it'll only cost you twelve fifty. It's kind of like putting an advertisement up on every church bulletin in the GTA. Except you don't have to get permission from that grumpy old lady at the front desk. 
Now, look, because there are limited spots available for our 1250 special, why don't you call us right now, toll-free, on 877-JOY-1250. Now, sure, we're right in the middle of things here in the show, but if you call us right now, toll-free, on 877-JOY-1250, we'll take your name and number and call you back on Monday to sign up for the Drew Marshall Show 1250 special. This is nuts. Are you sure we want to do this? How am I supposed to make any money? 